Content warning. On this podcast, we discuss sensitive issues, including but not limited to swearing, tasteless jokes, situations of a sexual nature, and drug use. This podcast is not intended for children. Welcome to Bibliorex, where we read the worst books the world has to offer. I'm Bugs. And I'm gonna Oh no. <laughs> I'm also Bam Bam. Bam Bam, who is sad, sad. Mm, I'm very sad, sad today. Because, what are we doing? <laughs> because I read Wings of a Butterfly by Aiden Perry. This doesn't Wings of a Butterfly. That doesn't sound sad oh. at the outgo. It doesn't? No. <laughs> <sighs> this is, to date, this is the darkest book I've ever read. Oh, no. We're, we're not doing Mylar Cat, then. We're not doing no. cutesy, too sweet for our podcast. We're making our podcast follow its name. Yeah. No, we're Ooh. this is gonna be another one in the realm of uh like Eat Them Alive. Eat them alive, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I was like Mantis Book. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you did really well Thank you. in Eat Them Alive. Yeah. I, so I, like that I think episode. you'll do okay with this. Thank you. So before I start, I'm going to give the trigger warnings for this book. That are more specific than the ones at the beginning of every episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh there's drug use, gaslighting homophobic, harmful phrases, uh, stalking, murder, suicide, dubious consent. I don't remember what con-con is. Do you remember that one? Is that a warning you have written down? Well, it's the list of uh, trigger warnings that the book came with when it was published. Con-con. I don't know. Editing Bam here. I think the source I was reading from at this point actually just misspelled non-con, which is non-consensual. So uh, just just be aware of that. But uh, the rest of them are asphyxiation, CSA. Child sexual abuse. Taboo and marking. Great. So yeah. this, has, this has abuse toward a child. Yep. All right. Lots of abuse. After some discussion between Bugs and myself, because uh, I generally don't have like a very centrally driven point to most of the books that I pick. Mm-hmm. That's that's a pretty regular thing, which is just generally how I consume me. It's, it's fine. Yeah. But I'm trying to get a little better with that. Come at it with more analysis. Right. And more depth of thought, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Which is usually like my thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, because my thing is usually just, uh, oh, look at this awful thing. Isn't it so awful? Right. (laughs) And so now you pick the most awful, and that's what you're going to practice on? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it wasn't a great idea, but... (laughs) Well, we'll see. All right. So I'm going to start with, as best as I can uh, sum up, the central message of the book. If someone forces you to eat an ice cream filled with razor blades, and you happen to like the vanilla part of the experience, uh, maybe that person isn't so bad. That's the philosophy of this book. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, uh, maybe you can figure oh, out where we're going from that. No. <laughs> the abuse wasn't all bad, so the mm-hmm. abuser's not a bad person. Oh, oh boy. no. Oh. <laughs> we're going to get into it. Number two, uh, another point that I saw flash up in this book. Mental illness means that even if they're the actual worst, you have to empathize with them. Oh. 
even to your own detriment. Like the Kanye West thing of, oh, he's mentally ill, so he can't actually be a Nazi. Mm -hmm. We have to forgive him for being outrageously Mm -hmm. gross and racist and anti-Semitic because, you know, he has a mental illness. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah, it... God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it really does vibe like that a little bit. All right. So I heard about this book from a YouTube channel I like called Weirdo Book Club. Mm-hmm. She did a uh, her own review of the book, and her style is like way different from ours. So yeah, I, I feel like there's some value in doing it our way. Right. Her main uh, fixation on this book was the queer representation of the book, because at the beginning of the book, it has a disclaimer: "This book is for anyone who has ever questioned their sexuality." <laughs> Now that's paraphrasing oh. a bit, but <laughs> hmm. but I'm going to tell you, that does not mean what you think it means. So we might have to put a pin in that and come back to it yeah. at the end and I establish. Come back to, I want to come back to where that actually comes up in the story. Right. And I'll bring that back up. Yeah, because I have a, that could, to me, that could go a couple different ways. So mm-hmm. let's just go through the story and yeah. see which it is. Uh, whichever way you thought it was going to go, the worst one, it's that one. <laughs> well, my, okay, we'll go ahead and I'll have my little thing of, it could either mean this is what being queer is and it's bad. Mm-hmm. This is you. This is you and you're gross and bad. Mm. Or it could be in the regular way of, oh, I wrote this as a tribute to my queer friends. Because those are like the two ways I think of when it's, this is for you, kid. <laughs> okay. I'll go ahead and say, it's not the first one. It's meant to sound like the second one, I think. Uh-huh. But it's not. Uh, mm, we'll come back all right. to it. <laughs> yeah, let's come back to that. That sounds like an interesting thread to pull. Uh, so the prologue, because we start in the mind of what the chapter calls killer. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you who it is. His name is Alexander. Right. So you can just keep track of who's right. who. He is gleefully hunting through the woods for his escaped rape victim. Uh, and we're in his head. Yep. We are in his head. We are hearing his thoughts as he thinks them. This is our co-protagonist. Uh, lovely. Mm-hmm. And he, the story makes a, a big deal about the scar on on his left eye i think he i think he got some kind of injury it's really vague about it he got some kind of injury in his eye and his eye is permanently dilated Hmm. so like any kind of light or anything like is really sensitive does he wear an eye patch uh he like tries to keep it covered or he like wears a hood so people don't see it it's not Okay, it's not about uh, the actual disability of having an injured eye. It's about the style of people looking at you when you have an injured eye. (laughs) That's what this is about. Okay. I believe that's the reasoning behind. Because other than one uh, minor inconvenience, it never comes up as like any kind of a detriment, really. Oh, because I would have actually expected that to be kind of a more serious thing than that yeah no it, it's huh. kind of just a something to make him look mysterious i guess is how to I... be the emo kid <laughs> yeah. with the hood and the hair oh, over boy, his there's eye so mu- there's so many emo vibes in this book <laughs> <sighs> all right moving on alex treats this game uh with the levity of someone doing a naughty prank this is giving me vibes 
from Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. that one character who really enjoyed hunting women, raping them and hunting them. Oh, is that the guy that uh, flayed people? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of that. Okay, so is that the character that he is like through the whole book? He's got that kind of attitude, sort of. All right. Oh, I've got a quote here. Now, this is him thinking in his head mm -hmm. as he's... Uh, chasing this girl through the woods. I know you're out here, little girl. You can run, but I'll find you. You don't want to piss me off or I'll have to punish you again. Ugh. A laugh escapes my mouth. I'm pretty fucking hilarious sometimes. Yeah. And I, I struggle to find the funny part. I don't... Which part of that was a joke? Because none of that... After reading the entire book, none of that was a joke. He, ha it? he has like psychotic rages and he beats the shit out of people. <laughs> Is he like the Joker, like laughing when there's no joke? I guess so. Okay. Or it's just he's crazy. and Right. All right. So part of his game is to give his victims a bit of free reign to see what they do. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, his goal is to socially engineer a situation in which women won't run away from him. Mind fuck and then do like um, Stockholm Syndrome. Now, I've, I've heard that Stockholm Syndrome it's isn't not, a real thing. It's not real. It's actually called a trauma bond. Yeah. Okay. So we're it's going to be playing with that concept a lot in this book. Right. He thinks it's uh, so passe and boring and disappointing when they decide to run mm -hmm. after he's kidnapped them. And... <laughs> Why are you running? Yeah. I only kidnapped and raped you. Yeah. So he catches her and smashes her face into a tree oh. while she pleads for him to stop. Ew. And it's rough. He turns her face into hamburger and he thinks it's hilarious and I don't like this at all. This is like the this is the prologue or the first this chapter? This is the prologue. Okay, mm -hmm. this whole scene is in the prologue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is setting the tone. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we're going to back off from that and go to chapter one uh, mm -hmm. and introduce our second protagonist or our other co-protagonist. I'm not, I think she's the main protagonist. I think that She's the main say. character? Yeah. Okay. Skylar is a thick, curvy lesbian. Okay. The thick and curvy thing comes up. She's short, thick, and curvy, and it comes up a lot, actually. So how many times do you think a main character should be described in a book? Like a couple times unless it's relevant. Like once, twice max, unless something right. changes. Nothing ever changes with her physical appearance. Uh -huh. But it gets brought up that she's thick, short, and curvy six times in this very short book. Yeah. Like, they don't make this a plot point. It's and not. It's, it's not. just brought up over and over. Yeah, just because <laughs> you know, that happens to be, I don't know, maybe this book's demographic. I'm not sure. Hmm. She's also a ginger, and that gets brought up a couple of times. And she's pale. Okay. And she is secretly in love with her roommate, Nikki. And she is regularly verbally abused by her dad, who is uh, holding back her college tuition until she isn't gay. Gay, I think. So she's out. She, yeah, she, everyone knows she's gay, but her dad doesn't approve because she hasn't even tried dick yet. She doesn't know what she likes. Okay. Is her perspective that like the world's against her? Her dad hates her? Yeah, her dad is against her. Okay. And is and she sympathetic? Like we understand, okay, this stuff is really sucky and hard because you're being treated this way. Like, is she a sympathetic character? Yeah, she's definitely sympathetic. Okay. So it's not like, oh, he's in the right. 
No, absolutely. Yeah, okay. it's not. It's not frame. The story isn't framing it that way. It's okay. framing her dad as the boomer asshole right. that just doesn't like the fact that she's a, a homosexual. She's gay, right. Yeah. So her friend is trying to console her over this, and uh, she tells Skylar that she has tickets to a music festival in Memphis, which is local to them. They're in the Memphis area. Mm-hmm. Skylar doesn't initially want to go because she's very quiet and introverted and the uh, reader girl trope that's in a lot of romances. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, generally, if it's, a, if it's a female protagonist in a romance book, she loves reading romances. Oh. Because that's generally the demographic is women who read romances. Right. In these books. But Nikki uh, more or less strong arms her into going. All right. In a friendly way. You know? Right. Like, I, you have to get out of this house. You have to stop sitting here moping. Yeah, stop wearing the same books. pajamas three days in a row. And Which, I mean, when you have grass. a friend who's in a funk, that can be effective. Yeah. As long as you're not overdoing it yeah, or it's pushing not- too hard. It's not totally negative or automatically negative. Right. So as they're leaving, Skylar thinks she sees a flashing light coming from her PC, like a flashing green light, mm-hmm. but she doesn't see it happen again, so she thinks it's just a trick of the eye. Okay. It will come back to that. Huh. So they're leaving, and her friend Nikki drives a Volvo XC40. I don't know what that I is. I don't know what that means either, but the story felt it important to bring up. Okay. In stories, do you do they usually just bring up uh, it's a car like it's a shitty car because usually if if it's just a a vehicle for them to get from point a to point b and there's nothing like particularly right they'll say just a pickup yeah or a sedan so i think the only reason it gets brought up as to what is important about this vehicle is that it's a really high-end luxury vehicle which would imply that nikki Nikki has has a lot of money Mm -hmm. right because i think nikki has like an entire setup a backstory for the next book hmm but it's not really important to the story. So right. Skyward plays uh, an artist called NF because it reflects the dark emotions that she feels. That is a almost a direct quote. <laughs> She's like, I'm listening to NF because I have these dark emotions. And that's just a weird way to frame that. Is that like, I'm listening to Evanescence because I'm emo today? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what it <laughs> comes like... off as. <laughs> And I looked up NF, it's it's a emo rapper, I think, or All something. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't listen to it because I don't care. This seems like it has a lot of inconsequential details mm-hmm. that are unnecessary and just there. Yeah, I'm, I, d- I wasn't sure if you would know who that was. No, so, NF, but, no. Yeah. Nikki gives Skylar LSD uh, when they get to the concert. Oh, does she know? Or she takes it? Or she... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a plant thing. Like, gotcha. It's not, she's not like She doesn't give it her. to her like doser. She's right. like gives her some and she takes it. And she like kind of gay baits her a little bit. I'm not sure if the character knows that she's doing that. But yeah, Skylar wants to like lick her fingers. Nikki like sticks her fingers in Skylar's mouth to give her the acid. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't think that's necessary, especially with your friend who is interested in women. And it, I feel like it's an unnecessary yeah. amount of gay baiting to your gay friend. Right. Because if you're not into them or interested in them, you shouldn't be doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. OK. And it's not the last time. As they're in line, they see Alexander. Of course, they don't know Alexander. He's just a creepy guy staring at them mm-hmm. in line. Right. Nikki like gets defensive that he's staring so hard. So she starts making out with Skylar. Okay. To like make a claim, I guess. But Nikki 
isn't gay. Right. Only Skylar is. Yep. But Nikki feels... uh. I'm not sure if this is like protective or possessive. Possessive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure what Nikki's because we go into Nikki's mind a couple of times and she never thinks about it. But this fucks with Skylar. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, she's already on a trip mm-hmm. or going on a trip. Right. And she's going on something that could be construed as a date. Mm-hmm. If it was a straight couple, a guy and a girl, right. and they were very like, easily can be. it could be, yeah. So if it's two girls and one of them's gay, that could be very easily seen mm-hmm. or thought to be yeah. a date. Add making out and sticking your finger in her mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So poor Skylar. Yeah, she's really she is a very sympathetic sympathetic character. Oh. So they go and enjoy the music for a little while until Skylar uh, tells Nikki that she has to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Nikki's like kind of just really having a good time on the LSD mm-hmm. and like kind of just ignores her. Like I think she like hears her, but doesn't really pay attention. Right. Skylar goes to the bathroom and goes to pee. And as she's coming out, she starts getting dizzy. Ooh. And that's when she sees Nikki uh, walking up to her and Nikki grabs her by the throat and starts very violently kissing her or violence, probably the wrong word, strongly kissing her aggressively, aggressively. Yeah, that's probably the better word. Uh, roughly finger banks her against the bathroom wall until Skylar has an orgasm and Nikki grabs a chloroform rag and knocks her out. What? Yeah, very confusing. So chapter two, we get all the same scenes, except as from Alexander's perspective. Nothing really. Okay. Yeah, nothing really added there except that Alex is incredibly creepy. And uh, he has. Well, what does he see at the end of the chapter? Does he see those same things happen to. Yes. So he sees the Nikki being a douchebag and kissing Skylar. Uh huh. And when Skylar goes to the bathroom, it's actually him walking up to Skylar. And Skylar is just hallucinating because of the drugs. Okay. Yeah, she sees Alexander, but she sees Alexander as Nikki. In her head, it's Nikki. In reality, it's Alexander. Mm -hmm. That's what I was wondering, because it sounded like that's not something Nikki would do. Right. So that whole thing is just establishing what was actually happening and the fact that... uh, Alexander has a brother who uh, talks in his head a lot. So basically the thing with the brother is uh, it, it it's very easily leading you to the thought that Alexander's brother is dead or just uh, a hallucination himself. Okay, Alex is hearing this voice in his head. Right. And the reader takes it as a hallucination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause... Because Alex is speaking to his dead brother right. as separate than himself. Mm-hmm. He'll pop up like every now and then. He'll actually show up and Alexander will see him. But it's implied that he's not really there. Gotcha. So he knocks out Nikki in the bathroom and then he just carries her out of the music festival and into the woods to where he's uh, parked his truck on like a, a, a back road or a dirt road. And he like hears Nikki like yelling like far away. Right. So Nikki is looking for her, but yeah, doesn't see her being right kidnapped oh man yeah he puts her in the truck and like lays her head on his lap so it looks like she's just passed out Mm -hmm. and this actually comes up because he gets pulled over like almost immediately 
Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And he he does the old, uh, oh, my girlfriend got drunk at the music festival and Mm -hmm. I'm the DD. And Mm -hmm. the cop just looks at his license and thinks, "Ah, okay, this checks out. Just go get your taillight fixed or whatever. Yeah. Or slow down or something. Kind of a classic story of he got away with it. Yeah. And and she was so close to being rescued. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't happen. Yeah, really, he, yeah. really bums you out. Yeah, over and over again in his head, every time he thinks of Skylar, he's thinking, oh, I can't wait to get home and play with my new toy. Ugh. Like several times. Right. <sighs> he actively sees people as things. Mm-hmm. Especially women. Right. Or specifically women. So chapter three, it's just the version of events from Nikki's perspective again. Nothing is really added except after she tries to go after uh, Skylar. Skylar. Uh, she calls someone who refuses to help before then calling the police. Which, yeah, in most romances or movies or some, something like that wouldn't usually do that for some reason that seems like that's not an option in movies and stuff right because she's doing the smart thing she's saying hey i lost my friend Mm -hmm. we're both high yeah well she doesn't tell them that because she's afraid that the cops will totally discount anything she says right because she's on drugs yeah so that's all that chapter's for so skylar wakes up in chapter four with a hook in her butt oh and then things go downhill from there you know what won't make you wake up with a hook in your butt? Oh no, my god, you, you did. Uh, Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> These ads and sponsors. Hello, Biblio fans, friends, and fiends. Just taking a moment to tell you how to find our growing community. We're on Facebook and Instagram, where I try to post pretty often. And we have a subreddit that we will start using as soon as Bam Bam gets over his crippling fear of Reddit. And of course, our YouTube. Look us up at Bibliorex. We would love to hear suggestions and chat about bad books there, as well as over email, bibliorex at gmail.com. That's spelled B-I-B-L-I-O-W-R-E-C-K-S. Thank you for listening. Now let's get back to that bad book. And we're hooked up and back. No, we're not. <laughs> this is so bad. Uh, boy. Oh, dear. Yeah, she wakes up in a cold concrete basement uh, tied up on a stool. And that's as detailed as I'm going to get about this scene because it it just gets real bad. So she gets raped by Alex. She has an orgasm and she's confused. And that's the part that I want to talk about a little bit. Uh, Because, yeah. Oh, my God. mm -hmm. Uh, Forced orgasm is a thing. (laughs) Yeah. For men and women. Mm -hmm. So, of course, she was uh, a lesbian. It makes a weird point to point out that she was a virgin. She got both of her virginities taken here. What does that? What? The butt. She lost her butt virginity. Because of okay. the hook. Yeah. Why? Uh, I don't. It's very upsetting. So, and a lot of these kind of books, or a lot of books that I've read that were similar to this, they pan away. Mm-hmm. You hear screams, they pan away. Oh, no. This one it is focused and detailed, mm-hmm. and this is the point of the book. Yeah. I don't know if this part was on purpose, but it's not totally uncommon for rape victims to experience an orgasm during an assault. It happens right. because that's one of those things you can't 
It's just it's just a bodily function. It just happens. It just happens. It doesn't mean that they liked it or that they're in any way implicit in the crime. No. And can lead to a lot of severe issues. And I know this because I watch a lot of SVU. What's SVU? Law and Order. Okay. Special Victims Unit. Okay. I've watched an episode or two at one point. It's a really good show. You should watch it. I think I've seen it at a doctor's office. Like... Mm. 10 minutes waiting for an appointment. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So this is the part where we get to the questioning your sexuality thing. Oh, no. Yeah. It doesn't get, yeah. Uh, she's not questioning whether she could be gay. Like, you know, you would usually, because that's generally uh-huh. most gay people's experiences. Yeah. You know, most people consider you starting off as straight and... You question whether you're straight. Okay. But this is her starting off as gay and questioning whether she's straight. Uh-huh. Because now that because her dad was apparently right, she just needed a good dicking down. <sighs> Isn't it expressing that she's in pain? Because she would be in pain. That yes. There's pain. And she's enjoying that too? Well, she's because she's never really had any kind of sex, I think. Okay. So her having any kind of orgasm is pretty much new to her. So this is kind of similar to the Fifty Shades of Grey episode. Right. Where she's a virgin and then she gets with this abusive guy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, abuse like this must be what love is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because as far as I know, she really hasn't had like any sexual experiences before the events of the story. Right. So I'm Ugh. I'm to assume that. So uh, I did want to bring that point up about the uh, sexuality or her uh-huh. uh, sexuality because Weirdo Book Club made that a big part of her review. Mm-hmm. And as a her being a queer woman, that's definitely more her place than mine. But right. I, I, I wanted to bring it up, but I didn't want to harp on it. Uh, so just it's just. Very extra harmful yeah. in this way. Yeah. Great. So uh, after that whole thing happens, Skyler laments the loss of both her virginities. Uh, which people make a whole huge thing yeah. of. Which it should have been with someone special, but that, oh my yeah. God. So we're, we're throwing a in a little, we're throwing in a little dose of purity culture here too. Mm-hmm. There, there is one thing I do want to bring up about. Uh, the event. Alexander's dick is apparently big enough that his hand wrapped around it, his fingers don't touch. Fucking hell. Girth. Either that or he has the tiny whopper hands. <laughs> the Trump hands. <laughs> and I like to think that. <laughs> yes. So then the nasty bastard draws a butterfly out of blood and cum on her belly like a gross asshole. And then for the rest of the story, he calls her butterfly. Because he's just a dick. Yeah, just nasty. Just gross. Quick, like, clarification. Is the entire story just him owning her in this situation? Or does that part get over more quickly? It's the vast majority of the story. Gotcha. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so then in chapter five, for first line is, uh, Alexander thinking, God, she's pretty when she cries. Why are we in his head? Are we, are we supposed to 
have any sympathy for him. We're I think we're supposed to uh, see him as this monster at the beginning and then later as the story goes, empathize with him, which I don't really care what the story brings up about his horrible backstory. He could have been witness to a thousand murdered puppies and I don't think it's okay. No, no, Uh, no amount of victimization justifies him victimizing someone else like this. Mm hmm. Uh, so his thoughts continue. I almost wish I didn't cut off her breathing that first night so I could hear her make those whimpering noises over and over again. I don't know what it is about her. I want to consume every part of her. She even bleeds for me. And that was the one that got, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like he's raping her and she's bleeding for Yeah. And I don't, I, what, yeah, you you stab me and I bleed. Uh, yeah. What, what does that mean? Is that just him being crazy? I, don't, I think it's just him being crazy. That's fucking weird. I think where he has her objectified to such a degree that she's a toy, mm-hmm. any reaction of any noise or any bodily function. Oh, that like adds like a layer of realness to him? Yes. Like here's a toy that's a doll. Oh, look, it went poo-poo in its diaper. It's more like a real baby. I think that's what's happening in his mind. that's even... Oh. Yeah, I think that's what is... I hate that. Mm -hmm. Okay, moving on. I don't want... I don't want (laughs) to... I don't want to sit on that one too yeah. long. Uh, so Alexander's dead brother uh, taunts him that she's going to leave him too, just like all the others. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> why would you want to leave someone who rapes you mm-hmm. and tortures you? Yeah. Uh, so now that he's been chastised by his uh, brother, his dead brother, uh, Alexander's going to do the whole love bomb thing, uh, bathe her with Epsom salts and whatnot. And he also bathes with her, and that that mm, clingy, clingy. <laughs> he climbs in the bath with her. Yeah, yeah. Is she? She's not tied up, or nope. She's just he puts her in the bath and gets in with her. Mm-hmm. And I guess she's just like really scared and terrified. She's of him. in shock. I think. Right. Still. Well, yeah. Yeah. He gives her clothes before locking her back up in her room, mm-hmm. and uh, quote unquote notices her blushing and then he thinks to himself she's so embarrassed around me like he he like like this is a meet cute or something yeah like to him this is a meet cute (laughs) weird weird character god so puts put skylar back in her room uh checks on his pc and sees nikki in her room because that's what the green light was earlier He's recording in their apartment. So he's been stalking Mm -hmm. Skylar for a while. Yeah, because at first it makes it seem like she's just his newest, latest victim. But later we'll find out that she's actually targeted for a very specific reason. Great. So he remarks to himself that the police probably weren't doing anything. And if Skylar had a more concerned father, they would probably take it more seriously. But that's what mama is for. Does she have a mom? Uh, No, her mom died. Oh, okay. We're led to think at this point that his mom is dead, but we don't know. But the implication being her dad's an asshole who doesn't care and she doesn't have a mom who would care. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then the next chapter is 
uh, Skylar waking up, thinking how gentle he was at, afterward. Uh, what? And how I, I'm trying to. This is put abuse this apologetics. Yeah. This kinda, is to really excuse is. his behavior. Well, it's weird because later on in the story, she doubles back from this because right now she's thinking, oh, I don't understand why that was so hot, all that rape. <laughs> Uh-huh. Is what she's thinking right now. Uh huh. She's she has to like talk, keeps like talking herself out of quote unquote falling for this guy. What the fuck? And then she's just like, oh, but he seems so broken. Like, yeah, he's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I meant about the second part of. Uh, the messaging in this book because she just keeps thinking oh he's so broken he needs help like several times when she super should not and this is it's bizarre it sounds like they didn't consider what this level of violence would actually do to a person in real life Mm -hmm. and created their own fantasy of what it would be like yeah and then built this response and character's behavior Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like it's realistic at all what i kept thinking as i was going through the story was someone did like a role play thing for like a weekend Mm -hmm. and you know it was kinky and fun yeah safe words and it wasn't real (laughs) right and everybody could just turn it off when they wanted and one of the people in the weird sex orgy uh decided oh i'm going to change some of the details of this event and make it seem real and then write about it and enjoy my fantasy that way right and uh, that's what i kept thinking the whole time i was reading this like this is just someone's tweaking of a regular sex situation because after anytime she gets assaulted by alex and then after he does the love bombing thing she uh, automatically changes over. She's like, oh, he's so caring. And it just comes off like really false to me. So it almost seems like it's written as a fantasy of what Alex would want her to do in her head, which is not what you expect from a book where the victim is human. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) This is almost making like, oh, I want a doll that I can rape and then she'll be fine with it. Mm Mm-hmm. That is. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of the de- might be the demographic. I'm not sure. I don't. That's... I don't know where that where this lands as far yeah. as like what demographic. Like who it's this is for. aimed? Like who is this for? Mm-hmm. Who and would it read this and enjoy it mm-hmm. and not find it very problematic? Yeah, because most people who are gonna do purity culture wouldn't want to read something so gratuitous mm-hmm. or explicit. Yeah, and then her appreciating right her rape yeah it's this it's a weird, weird it's a weird specific fantasy yeah god so, skylar leaves her room because she's not locked in oh it's, yeah earlier it implied it felt like it was implying that she was like locked in a room but no he just puts her in a room and she's like going to bed now very tired after all that rape uh so she goes upstairs because she hears alex talking to himself so she is like sneaking up the stairs and she hits like a really squeaky step. Mm-hmm. Alex hears it and grabs her by the hair and drags her back into her room and tells her never to go upstairs. And I think this time she's locked up. I'm not entirely sure. But as he's locking her up, she thinks she sees a figure uh, somewhere in the background, but isn't sure. And eventually she later tells herself that she was just seeing things. Hmm. 
so that chapter ends. Uh, then we go to chapter seven, which is just Nikki talking to the cops. And then it's the scene where uh, Alex Caesar screaming on the bed and this never matters. It was a waste of a chapter and I don't know why it was brought up. Wait, yeah, so that chapter switches to Nikki's perspective. Mm-hmm. And then the back following at her, back one, home. Nikki's at home. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is Alex's perspective of what just happened between him and Skylar. No. So earlier at the end of... Chapter five, it was Alec looking on his computer. Then at the next looking cha- at Nikki. Right. Okay. See, I feel like that should have been in a different order. Like at the end of chapter five, it should have been this chapter, chapter seven, where Nikki is talking to the cops and it's actually the scene that Alex is watching on the computer. Yes. But it just jams in that situation where Skylar tries to go upstairs real quick and then gets drugged back down. So I, I feel like that was done poorly. So yeah, Nikki talks to the cops. Uh, they're useless and helpless, so they don't do anything. So chapter eight, uh, Alex is acting erratic, like over the course of like a week. Mm-hmm. And this keeps Sky like on edge the entire time, which I feel like is part of the plan. But he's also ignoring her. Like he's acting like crazy, but not like paying any direct attention to her. And she starts like craving his attention because that I think that's an actual like uh, psychological thing. And an abuse tactic, uh, not regarding someone or validating that they exist. Right. I think is a very specific kind of abuse. And I yeah. think it's planned by Alex. I don't know whether it was intended that way, but. Interesting. So she remarks on the clothes that barely fit her because they're his clothes. Mm-hmm. And uh, she again remarks on how short and curvy she is. And hashtag short and curvy problems. She thinks to herself, like, in this situation, hashtag short and curvy problems. And it takes me, like, right what? out. Yeah. Wait, that was a quote? That was a quote. What the hashtag fuck? Hashtag short and curvy Wait, problems. You had, girl, you have a lot of problems. Being short and <laughs> curvy ain't, ain't one of them. Right. That is not a problem. <laughs> being locked in a rapist's basement, yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. Not being able to leave is a problem. Yeah. Being abused is a so she asks because she's got like a weird amount of freedom like just around the house like uh just to like one floor of the house and it's like a three-story house she's Uh allowed to go to like the basement and the first floor but she's never allowed to go upstairs so she does she try to leave uh she's terrified that alex is going to like because alex just he said in the first chapter that he just leaves the door open or the door unlocked so apparently she doesn't try (laughs) Weird. Mm -hmm. So she goes to Alec, asks him uh, if she can go outside. And he says they can go together. And he like holds on to her like a toddler. And she, they go outside and she like, you know, feels the breeze and stuff. And she like begs him to let her go. And he, he does. Mm -hmm. And uh, then she thinks about running for a couple of seconds. And then she just takes off. And then we're in her head for a second. She remarks that she's free, like the butterfly Alex is always calling her. Then wonder, then she wonders if he calls all of his rape victims that. Uh huh. Like she's jealous. Like she's not a special victim. Right. She's not the special butterfly because every. And she gets like weirdly jealous and then she's she like catches herself. She's just like, why am I jealous? Yeah. Uh, so she trips over the rotting skull of the girl in the prologue. Ooh. 
shit. Mm-hmm. Oh. And Alex catches her and sticks her face in the rotting skull. Kind of like you would a dog who's just shit on the carpet. Yeah. He like sticks her face in it and she's like, are you ever going to leave me again? And he's like, no. And then he says, I was so afraid that I'd lost you. And then the chapter ends. This is at way too short of a time period to oh, this... actually build this level of mindfuck mm-hmm. yep. between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a three hour long book on the audiobook. Right, but in days, mm-hmm. they've been to in this situation for a week. Yeah. A trauma bond doesn't usually occur that quickly this whole thing is incredibly and she didn't know him beforehand so many people get abused or assaulted by someone they already know Mm -hmm. and there's a kind of a social thing of it's difficult to say no Mm -hmm. because you already want them to like you this is someone you already know you respect them you want them to think well of you Mm -hmm. it's harder to say no or stop because you already have something invested in that relationship yeah this she has nothing invested and she wakes up being abused yeah later on she keeps trying to though she keeps trying to leave Uh, she keeps trying to get invested (laughs) why and see look when it's Christian Grey and mm-hmm. he has the body of a god mm-hmm. and he has a billion dollars, yeah. there's a little bit more reason to understand, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to stick with this abusive asshole because <laughs> he has a billion dollars mm-hmm. and he has the body of a god and I'm straight who wants a guy <laughs> who wants the dick. This uh, has none of those aspects to help you understand why she's doing this. Mm-hmm. Yep. No. Yeah. Uh, She's speed running. Wait, this is worse than Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, yeah. What have you done? (laughs) (laughs) This is so much worse. And it's about to get even worse. Oh, no. So, chapter nine, we're going to go into Alex's backstory. Great, because I (laughs) care about this piece of shit. Oh, boy. So, Alex was always psychologically disturbed, even as a kid. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, gets him and his brother kicked out of school so they have to be homeschooled uh him being such a terrible child is allegedly why his dad left uh-huh so it's just left him his brother and his mom after a couple of years or something like that his mom like tries to move on and start dating other guys and alex hates this oh no yeah you know where this is going yeah. don't you no. <laughs> fucking hell mm. Oedipus complex. Mm-hmm. Fucking hell. Gets it's it's actually worse than you think. Actually, I don't know. I'm thinking pretty bad things. <laughs> it can get worse. I promise you. <laughs> okay, so uh, she starts bringing like new suitors to uh, the house. Alex and his brother Josh start uh, quote unquote pranking them. Like he puts some cat hair in uh, uh, one of the guy's food, and he like vomits and leaves. On another occasion, the guy's like kind kind of mean to him whenever his mom's back's turned. So uh, Alex does the logical thing and headbutts a sink and oh and claims that the guy mm, hit yep. him mm-hmm. whoa yeah so they're sabotaging their mom right you know who won't smack your face into a sink it's not me I will <laughs> smack my face into a sink to get through the rest of this <laughs> these sponsors uh. 
Hello, Biblio freaks, geeks, and lovers. Bugs here. We wanted to let you know about our option to follow us on Patreon. We have a couple of tiers where you can listen to our bad book, bad movie review. We read a bad book and then we watch its bad movie counterpart. In the past, we've done Aragon, Shadow Builder by Bram Stoker, and we have a lot of different things in the future. Please let us know if you have any suggestions for future bad book, bad movie combos and let's get back to the podcast and we're back and the sink is broken (laughs) everything is broken my brain is broken Uh, this week has been awful awful and we're making it work bad romance (laughs) stories i'm so sick of romances i will never uh we're going to need a year. We'll do this again next Valentine. We're not doing another romance, <laughs> which I think the way it's scheduled, uh, the free hasn't come out yet at this no, point. No, the free hasn't come so, out yet. Yeah. It's funny because that one was the worst one I had read to that point and it was coming out later. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, for the listeners, that that's what happens. Uh, that one's also bad, but not as bad as this one. Yeah. <sighs> so, uh Alex and his brother has run off every one of his mother's suitors. So she eventually just stops dating altogether and is depressed. And one night, Alex and his mom are watching Nickelodeon. They're watching the show Victorious. I don't know anything about that girl, that show, but there's a girl that he finds attractive and he gets an erection. Lovely. And his mom uh, grabs that erection and sexually assaults him. Oh, my God. I told you it wasn't going where you thought it was going. Not quite, no. <laughs> uh, so he's he's in shock, also already psychologically disturbed, and he doesn't give a shit about uh, Victorious anymore. And mm-hmm. from now on, he beats off to the thought of his mom grabbing his dick. Great. And that's uh, his backstory for the purposes of this book. We we don't find out anything else about his childhood, no, like if that other, continues or it, it's implied that other stuff has happened to him that is also awful, but we don't really ever find out about it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's intended for you to learn more about it later in the next book. Is there another book that's come out? I don't know if it's already come out because I don't intend to ever read it ever ever. Right. So I didn't look it up, but gotcha. Yeah, it was very clearly you know, they were setting up for a sequel. Right. Gotcha. So Alex is remembering all these things and he's getting drunk at his kitchen table trying to silence his brother's voice until he uh, beats his head against the table and passes out. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of that chapter, thankfully. Who? I was. I was not looking forward to that chapter. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's I, try, I tried to rush it as much as I could. <laughs> that is uh, something else, man. Mm-hmm. So, chapter 10, Skylar wakes up in the basement, and she's pissed because, you know, she got knocked out again and put in the basement. Uh, Alex walks in, and Skylar remarks to herself that he looks like every villain that she's ever gotten off to. So, I'm at this point, I'm starting to think that Skylar was not originally written to be gay. Oh. Yeah, because if he looks like people that she has pleasured herself to then I that would imply that she likes broody dark men or he looks very feminine yeah but the story never says that so that that's a wild implication on my part i think 
Gotcha. So, hmm. yeah, I don't know that she was ever actually intended to. I feel like that was slapped on and slapped on poorly. Weird. Mm -hmm. Alex hangs her by the neck as punishment for trying to run away. Ooh. Uh, but right before she actually dies, he picks her up and she breaks emotionally, promising to never try to run away again. And then he rapes her again. She may or may not be consenting to this one. Uh, she thinks no, but tells him yes. No, it's still coercive. Yeah, no, it's definitely coerced. Mm -hmm. So I'm landing on no for sure. Right. But the book wants there to now be a gray right. area mm -hmm. where maybe she does want it. Yeah. Ah. God damn. It's gross. It's fucking nasty. Ew. This book is so fucking nasty. It's so bad. <laughs> so after that, he carries her up to his room and uh, she asks about his uh, eye scar. And he says it's from a lost love. <laughs> his mom? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Kinda, I'm not sure. Uh, so... Then he's going to do his whole love bomb thing again, because that's the pattern here. He's going to uh, punish and abuse her and then love bomb. And then she's going to be like, well, I don't know what to think about it. Ugh. So he makes her like a pile of pancakes or something. Picks her a bouquet of del delphiniums. All right. Do you know anything about delphiniums? I know it's a flower. That's all I know about them. Okay. But they don't sound wild. Okay. They sound... No, they're they're definitely a cultivated species. Cultivated, yeah. Yeah, I, I was hoping, I was banking on you knowing about delphiniums. Actually, do they have a meaning in the story? Yeah. Well, they don't have like a. You could have asked meaning. Lily. She's into horticulture. I didn't think to. What's the point actually, of having a girlfriend who does horticulture? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to bother her with it. I had tried to get her to listen to this with me for like emotional support for uh -huh. me. And she said no. She got off. she got to the first rape scene, and she was like, "Nope, I don't want to listen to this anymore." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "I get uh -huh. that." Yeah, our Christmas kisses for a dollar was very, very tame. Yeah, and that sweet was, compared that was a very to very nice one. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, I don't I don't want to bother her with this one anymore. Mm. Later on the story tells us that the that delphiniums are poisonous and I don't know whether that's true or not. And Google was too hard to read. Yeah, I was just trying to rush through. I was taking notes and I did not want to pause any more than I had to to just get through this. You keep talking, I'm going to look it up. Delphinias? Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it's D E L P-H-I-N. I-U-M-S. Delphiniums. So she remarks to herself that she could fall for him at this point, but she needs to know more about him. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. They are toxic to humans and livestock. Just like they're at this relationship. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Alex leaves her in his room and she goes snooping to satisfy her curiosity about him before she gives herself over to him totally, I guess. Uh -huh. uh, so she finds Alex's birth certificate and finds out that Alex is her half-brother. They have the same dad. And that's why she was targeted. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> they're they're half-sibling. Yeah. What? His dad that left... Uh-huh. Is her dad. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh. <laughs> He's raping his half-sister? Yep. And he knew this? Yeah. No, it was intended. She was targeted. Yeah. That's what I meant earlier when I said that she was 
targeted and planned out ahead of time that this is why he picked her. And he was like trying to keep this from her because she would have thought it was fucking gross, which it fucking is. (laughs) I quit the podcast. (laughs) How Uh, much more of there is this? I can't do this. We're we're getting we're getting there. There's not much more. Okay, if you say so, I'm trusting you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Alex uh, catches her. That's the end of the chapter. Uh, chapter eleven is pretty much just uh, Alex saying that he wants to break her face, and then him deciding to fill her in on his backstory. Mm-hmm. So he pretty much just gives her the lowdown. Uh, Sky empathizes with him and understands the dad thing exactly because he hates his dad and she also hates her dad, which is the same guy. <laughs> so I don't at this point, I don't think the dad deserves all this hate. He seems like maybe the normalist person here and he's he's homophobic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he really is. <sighs> okay. So she decides to stay with Alex for some Herculean leap in logic that I just cannot. (laughs) And they have gross incest rape sex while Alex brands her with a hot knife and marks her with an A for Alex. Yeah. (laughs) Do you need a minute? She's not running away screaming, finding out she was targeted. Like, that is so much worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and knowing this is incestual makes it worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she she's fully aware of that. And at this point, it is making her consensual in this. It's just it's so unrealistic. It's just dumb. (sighs) You'd think the cops with this girl missing for a whole week Mm -hmm. would have found the camera on the computer. Yeah, in the story, the cops are just uh, office guys that only come out if they really, really have to. <laughs> hmm. So, yeah, even though Nikki did the smart thing and called the police, uh, the story just refuses to let that matter. Right. Yeah. Nikki is the only human-shaped character in this book, it seems. Mm-hmm. That's only because we've kn- we know her so little. <laughs> right. Only the characters that we don't look into or <laughs> seem okay. Uh, so the next chapter is Alex thinking that everything has worked out and he's finally found love. So sweet. Uh, Alex's brother hallucination disagrees. Uh, Alex goes to the kitchen where Skylar is sitting next to a glass of whiskey, which he then just drinks. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) That doesn't seem wise, but okay. It shouldn't. Uh, Skylar asks him when he was going to tell her about the woman he's been torturing upstairs. We're about to get into it. It's 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 doing a thing. It's the story is making you go, what, what, what's happening? And then the next chapter is going to tell you. You know, <clears throat> Bam Bam, do you ever have those nightmares? I'm having it right now. <laughs> Where I'm you're in this bad, bad situation. You're drowning in the ocean. And then that dream kind of like shifts <laughs> into this other dream where you're actually being chewed up by a shark. And then you're actually in a mall and you're naked and your crush walks by. And that's the worst part of the dream. <laughs> this book <laughs> makes me wish I was having one of those nightmares right now. <laughs> Because that would mean I'm at least getting sleep, missing my body, or unconscious. Uh, yeah, you're getting some benefit. Uh, I hate you. I hate me too. Uh, okay, so he goes to grab her, and then he gets dizzy and falls. 
and chapter end. Uh, chapter 14 goes back to when he was love bombing and feeding her and stuff. Back to the night of the backstory, she goes and snoops around again and goes upstairs being mindful of the very squeaky plot step that she hit last time. Makes it upstairs and gets to a room and she immediately sees Alex there. And she's like immediately like, oh, I'm sorry, I was just looking for you. And he's just like totally still. Uh-huh. Very unlike Alex because he's very energetic and moving and violent. Right. And it turns out it's just a mannequin. Oh. In Alex's clothes and made to look like Alex. Creepy. Even down to the scar. And it's just in the middle of this room. And uh, that's when she hears someone say, help me. Uh-huh. A very weak voice. So it's his she... other half-sister. Boy, I wish it was. I wish it was. It's his mother? Uh... Well, at this point... Uh, <laughs> Skyler thinks that it's uh, this mysterious ex-girlfriend who stabbed him in the eye or something. Uh-huh. Oh, his lost love or yeah. whatever. Crap. So that's what that's where Skyler's mind is. So she goes into that room and she sees this woman emaciated, dying, with her legs cut off, covered in maggots. God. Mm-hmm. And all the woman says is, kill me. So me Skylar too. kills her. Poor lady. Yeah. Me too. Skylar grabs a pillow and smothers her. And uh, she's uh, racked with guilt. And this like kind of jolts her back to reality. And she's just like, oh, why have I been thinking all this stupid shit? Well, that's good. Yeah, this is the 180 moment. Uh, So, yeah, this is apparently the last straw. She remembers the delphinium is poisonous because Nikki did like a a class in school that she had with her. Right. And she remembers the delphinium is poisonous. So she puts it into a glass of whiskey and waits for Alex to show up. Good job. Good plan. Yeah. Yeah. While she's doing this, she thinks of uh, her prison as their room. And realizes how fucking crazy that sounds and all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't mention the brother thing, but... I, right. Yeah, I'll take what Small I Small steps, yeah. okay. Good job. Skywar feels guilty as Alex lays dying for some reason. Well, I mean, murder can be hard, I guess. Yeah, I mean, this is a hard situation for her on top of all the other stuff that she's already experienced. So I won't I won't minimize her for that. Uh, but yeah, she's only meant to knock him out. And I don't know how she like she's not a botanist. She doesn't know anything about like chemicals or stuff like that. So I don't know how she could have possibly intended that. Maybe she thought it was like, make you sick, sick, not make you die sick. Maybe, I don't know. So yeah, he's just convulsing on the floor and she grabs his keys and runs outside. Uh, As she's running outside, she thinks about her outfit that hugs snugly on her curves. Fucking hell no. What the fuck? She's just killed two people and has gained her freedom. And she thinks (laughs) to herself. (laughs) <laughs> that she's running out of this house and how tightly these clothes hug her curves. I mean... Very funny. <laughs> I can kind of forgive you if you're in shock and that is like this random thing your brain goes to. No, I think this. I think the story had just went 20 minutes without mentioning what she looked like and felt like they had to mention that this is in fact a short, curvy ginger girl. Is she, like, described as ugly or no. pretty or attractive, Not... unattractive? Like, does this matter to anyone? Not really, no. Because I don't think Alex cared what she looked like. I think it was more about her just being a sister. <laughs> Good grief. 
like it's mentioned that she thinks that Nikki is prettier than her, but it doesn't really like directly compare. Like the only description that we get is that she's ginger, pale, short and curvy. That's mm-hmm. pretty much it. Uh-huh. So she gets in his truck and takes off and she finds out that she's in Texas. Wait, she was in Tennessee before. Yeah, she was in Memphis, Whoa. Tennessee. And he kidnapped her and took her to Texas. So wow. That kind of explains why the Tennessee police couldn't find her. <laughs> Jeez. She then, this really bothers me. Uh, she drives nonstop all the way back to her house mm, why? from Texas. Why wouldn't you go to a hospital or the police? Well, yeah, number one that but also how big is this gas tank in this truck right she doesn't have money no she doesn't have anything else no but on one tank of gas makes it from texas which you can drive across like multiple states in the time that you can get through half of texas yeah texas is huge Mm -hmm. and then from there all the way to tennessee Well, I mean, even driving like across Tennessee is really long. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just an unfathomable plot jump there. Weird. Which I think the the author just probably didn't care. Right. Or didn't really matter. Just wanted to skip. Just skip, 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 skip. So I don't know why he made it in Texas. Or the author made the story happen or made her be taken to Texas then. Like maybe a state over or something. Because it wasn't like that big of a plot point that he took her so far away maybe it matters in a different maybe book or later on or something yeah i don't i don't know but it's yeah i just thought about this it's weird later and i'll when i get to it i'll tell you so she finally gets back home and nikki is like fawning over her and uh she's finally taking a minute to like dissociate yeah and nikki makes the bizarre decision not to call the police or yet. an ambulance well yet yeah definitely should have called an ambulance took her to a hospital something <sighs> this part kills me they wait till the next day to call the police because yeah ostensibly the reason is Skylar came in and told Nikki that she killed two people and maybe they want to keep that from the police but it just I, I'm pretty sure you could get away with that. There's reasonable evidence to know that Alex was a creep. I doubt there would be evidence that proved she killed the woman upstairs anyway, right. too. Yeah, you could definitely put, push that off onto Alex anyway. And then having a self-defense thing mm-hmm. would be seems fairly straightforward there. Yeah, but, absolutely. I mean, our legal system actually does lock up women who kill their abusers, so... Not outside the room, but also, like, if you're not going to tell the cops you're back, just don't tell them at all. Mm. Well, yeah. So they wait until the next day to call the police. Tell them that she was actually just with a boyfriend. Okay, so they just go with lie. Yeah. Gotcha. Lie their ass off. Okay. Uh, She was with a boyfriend, and she lost her phone, and just didn't think to tell anyone that she was gone. Gotcha. Which, I mean, the cops sound incompetent enough, and Mm -hmm. it was across state lines oh yeah they they don't push the issue <laughs> so yeah i can see she just got away with it mm-hmm. as if there was something to get away with but yeah dealing with the legal ramifications of mm-hmm. being in that situation and then yeah i, I can understand <clears throat> like not wanting to go into a, another stressful legal situation after this whole thing but it would probably be the responsible thing for nikki to push her to do yeah 
definitely, I'm not saying that they chose the responsible way. Mm-hmm. I could just say that this is probably the more reasonable reaction out of all the reactions in this freaking book. Yeah, yeah. In a sea of stupid decision making, this is somewhat At least more reasonable. understandable. Weird, though. Yeah. Really weird. So, because uh, her DNA will be on that crime scene. Yeah. And eventually they'll find two dead people. Right. Well, uh, so Skylar goes to bed and Nikki is like trying to comfort her. She goes to bed. But at some point, Nikki leaves. Mm-hmm. And Alex comes back. And it turns out, uh, according mm-hmm. to Alex, and I don't know if this is true either, that unless the delphiniums are fresh, they're not toxic enough to kill someone. I don't know whether that's So he wasn't really dead? Yeah, no. He just he just had like a seizure. <laughs> oh my oh. Uh, he comes back, he's threatening her, and then he immediately gets stabbed in the back by Nikki. And <laughs> dies. <laughs> well, that makes their whole legal logic backwards now. Cause she already lied yeah. to the cops. Oh no. But don't worry, the story never brings up cops again. <laughs> Nikki stabs him in the back, and for some reason, she's wearing a trench coat now. And I feel like that's just more plot stuff that's meant for the next book. And, I, and it's just weird. It's just weird. I don't know why she would be wearing a trench coat. I don't care either. Hmm. Time passes. They start going back to classes. They're trying their best to normalize again, which they, you know, of course they can't. Right. Uh, and then Skylar takes a pregnancy test. And she finds oh, out she's pregnant. Hell. Yeah. Uh, but she starts getting Alex's voice in her head. And he says, you'll never be able to leave me. And she says, fuck you. And grabs a pair of scissors. What? <laughs> yeah. So she cuts into herself and presumably cuts out the baby or like traumatically aborts or something. Wow. And she just, she kind of just wakes up in a mental ward. Right. And... She hears her doctor's voice talking to her, and she thinks it sounds so familiar. And then she looks, and it's Alex's face, sans scar. Twin brother. It's her twin. It's his twin brother, Josh, who apparently isn't dead. So I don't know whether the whole time uh, in Alex's house, whether he was hallucinating or what it was. But apparently, uh, Alex's brother Josh moved relatively local to Tennessee to be a mental health professional in order to be within the sphere of uh, Skyler's uh, landing. I, I, I don't know. You know, the author just doesn't care. No, of course they not. They just wanted a gotcha. Yeah. No, they wanted to set up the next book in which the doctor is going to be not only a rapist and unprofessional, but uh, and another brother to fuck his sister i don't care anymore woohoo yeah that's the that's the end of the worst you win this is the worst (laughs) end of the podcast everybody (laughs) love you see see you never bye (laughs) wow this was dark Uh uh-huh yeah, Dark I did. I did my bad. absolute best to try to inform you ahead of time that this was gonna be yeah. bad. <sighs> so I'm gonna go ahead and just grade this. It's uh, buried under the dra- under the jail. This yeah. is fucking criminal. This is go straight to jail. No, do not pass go. Do not claim two hundred dollars. You owe me two hundred dollars. Go to jail. You have to pay a fine now for writing this. And this is not. I don't know who this is for. I don't know. I mean, there's all kinds of kinds on the internet. 
and I'm not one to kink shame, but I think I don't think this is kink. Yeah, I think this is this is beyond yeah, that. No, this is just fucking this nasty. Is messed up. Wow. So yeah, uh, fuck you, F. Fuck, fuck Aiden Perry, and fuck this story. Did you look up anything about the author? They were making a sequel, obviously. <sighs> I didn't want to. It's just gross, and I don't want to give them any more attention than I already have. Gotcha. And it's just disgusting. And I, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad. I'm glad this is done. Well. Happy yeah. Valentine's Day, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, this is the week of bad romance. Uh, Join the Patreon so you can listen to Fifty Shades of Grey and uh, our sweet innocence of how bad we thought that was. Yeah. Because <laughs> we were like, oh, Better this is times. so bad. Me, 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 me. That's what I sound like. That's what I sound like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's kind of hard, like, raising the bar, because mm-hmm. we'll read stuff, and we're like, God, this is bad, and then the next week, it's yeah. like, oh, this was bad. And then you hit a week like this, and it's like, nope, nope, mm-hmm. this is the worst. Yeah. Everything else will be light and fluffy and unicorns and puppy dogs compared to this. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, also this month, we're going to do a special on another book I've prepared, and it's going to... Hopefully it's going to help us recalibrate after this motherfucker. It's going to be a little bit more light and fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be stupid. It's fine. I'm so glad to have a stupid one. Gracious me. <sighs> well, thank you, question mark. <laughs> no, don't thank me. I've done this. I'm the assaulter now. <laughs> uh, oh, thank you, Jay. Thank you, everybody, maybe. For getting through this, or you know, people probably just shut this off halfway through. I don't blame them. I don't think anyone is still listening. Uh, If you are, you are the heroes of today's story. Yep, and I'm the villain. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, please like, comment, do all the social stuff. Uh, Let us know what you want us to read, so I don't have to make terrible decisions anymore yeah no because this is no. what i do when i'm left Maybe to my own you devices need to be, yeah no i'm gonna give you a pre-approved list <laughs> going forward <laughs> you're not you do you've lost the rights to pick the book you've lost author <sighs> choosing privileges uh, but uh thanks <laughs> listeners uh we love you uh, b- bye bye that was a doozy